Hello, everyone. Welcome to Lattes with Lindsay, season two, episode six. I have my amazing friend and former boss, and he is going to tell us about his story as an entrepreneur and open our eyes to what the possibilities are to, you know, gain experience within your future. So what's up, Dom? How you doing? Hey, great. I'm awesome. <laughs> Good. Well, I would love for you to tell the viewers about your experience thus far as a massage therapist and kind of where you've been so far with your journey. Well, my journey started out as it was pretty, it was pretty uh, um, soon after I graduated, about a year and a half after I graduated, uh, um, a classmate of mine moved out to Calgary and ended up hooking up with a massage therapist out there for uh, University of Calgary. And she used to work with uh, Swim Canada and Hockey Canada. And uh, the hockey, she, when she was with Hockey Canada, they eventually uh, came out east over here and needed people. So she asked my friend if she knew any people. So uh, Swim Canada was doing an event for the Greece Olympic trials and uh, put it out to all my classmates. And as a therapist, you wipe your whole calendar and you're eager and ready to go. So I was uh, massaging elite swimmers behind the diving board as they did their swim trials for uh of the olympics in greece and i met uh, mavis wall and uh she uh she ended up liking me and taking me to some hockey canada events so she asked me if i wanted to do some hockey canada events and that's where it all started yeah i did a, a few fall festivals and uh yeah and then mavis started to uh uh, take a few steps back and they brought me in and uh, yeah, I ended up doing the 2010 Olympics and that uh, ended up going to 2014 Olympics. And then I stepped back and made some connections and uh, those connections ended up leading me to the Calgary Flames. And that's where I spent uh, uh, four years and uh, I decided to call it quits and come back to the general public where my clinic was still running. So yeah, that, that's me in a nutshell. I that's my life it. in the past 15 years. 15. So that's how long you've been a massage therapist for? Yeah. That's yeah, amazing. it doesn't seem like that. It feels like I'm just starting out again. Jesus. <laughs> it's it's yeah. the beginning for you. That's for sure. What else did you take before massage therapy? Did you take anything else? Yeah, I'm, um, I'm a kinesiologist as well. I was, I was registered for the longest time and I was working for insurance companies doing uh, functional abilities evaluations with a, with a chiropractor friend of mine. And um, yeah, so four years of kin and then I went to uh, um, Canadian Therapeutic College for another uh, 12 months straight into the direct entry program. Damn, that's, that's a serious amount of education. I yeah. like it. So why did you stop taking like the kinesiology route and move on to the massage therapy route? Well, I didn't, I don't think I got rid of the kinesiology. It translates into massage. So I don't have your typical type massage. I do a lot. I incorporate a lot of the kin and the stretching and the movement uh, patterns into, into my therapy. So I don't think I got rid of kin. I just incorporated it in. It was just another tool on the tool belt, right? Yes. Oh, yes. It is very handy to have multiple tools on the tool belt. That's for sure. Yeah. So tell me about the Olympics, because I, I need to know the details of what the benefits are, because I know we've talked about so many of your successes um, while I was working with you, but I'd love to really open up that journey with you. You know, the first one that you did, what was it like? So I remember getting the call. Um, so I did a few world championships and um, I was waiting for the call for 2010. I was the next one up, but it was 
up to Mavis to give up her spot. So I remember getting a call from Mavis and she was like, okay, I'm giving up the spot and you're next in line. I was very excited. Um, uh, my wife was pregnant at the time with my first. Um, so it was a tough time uh, for that Olympics. Uh, uh, I remember dealing with Mel Davidson and coming up with a schedule of whether I should move there where the women are centralized or fly in and out to major events. So we, we decided to take the route to uh, fly me in and out to major events. And I think when Sonia and I tallied it all up, I think it was 150 days of travel. So yeah, so incorporating that into clinic practice and all the travel, it was, it was, it was a tough go. So you, you, definitely, mm. you definitely make a lot of sacrifices, but uh, the end result was my family, like my wife ended up having my first daughter, Mia, and she brought her to the Olympics. And that was the most uh, satisfying thing a father could, I could have, I guess, you know? So yeah, the Olympics was unbelievable. For my first Olympics to be in Canada, the energy and the excitement was just, it, it, you can't even describe it. Yep. Yep. Even the swag. Like I, I, my favorite part was every year watching the Olympics is when Canada walks in or any other country walks in and they have that unique um, type of outfits that they wear that represent Canada in so many different ways. Like I think that was the coolest thing, right? Yeah, it was very, it was very cool. So for the opening ceremonies, um, uh, I remember Mel Davidson saying, we've only we only have a few walking passes. So they only allowed to have a certain amount of staff members and me being a rookie, I was probably last on the list, which is fine. She, it was me and a few other guys. And uh, it came down to, she said, get, get dressed in your opening ceremonies gear and you be ready just in case. And that's kind of a tease. And I was like, oh man, what if I don't get to go? This is, this is gonna suck. I'm sitting here in the swag and everything. And it's like, whatever. So we go to the, there's a pep rally and all this other stuff. And, and you feel that like the energy and you're like, I wanna go, but we weren't allowed to go yet. So um, I guess they did some random draws and um, the first bus pulls out, second bus. And you're like, oh man, you're sitting there in your opening ceremony. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this sucks this really sucks and we're, we're trying to plan out where we're gonna go have a drink and watch the opening ceremonies watch our friends walk in and watch the girls walk in <laughs> and um i remember last bus rolls up mel davidson comes dom you got called your name gets pulled i'm like oh no way I said, and then i had it was three of us it was, it was so one of my buddies didn't get the call and i felt bad he's like dude you gotta go to this this is this is something oh, you yeah. can't pass up i really oh, felt yeah. bad for my friend but He's being a good friend. He's like, you got to go and don't feel guilty about it. Go, go, go. So get on that bus and you're like, this is so awesome. Texting my wife, I'm going to be walking in. And it was one of the most exciting moments at that point in my life, right? Uh, besides having a child. Oh but, my uh, gosh. Yeah, sitting in that hallway and everybody's just like screaming and pumped up to walk in to 80,000 people in your own country was, was pretty damn cool. Yeah. And that's the, that is the coolest part though, that A, you're representing your whole country. Like, I think that's the, the energy that's brought is not only from the people that you're around, but also like you have so much people behind you. Right. I think that's the, the cool part about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember just actually the opening ceremony was just brought up. I was bringing it up with my kids uh, during the whole COVID thing. We were putting uh, 
close away and I did a renovation and we're moving stuff back into this house. And I come across my opening ceremonies gear, 2014 and 2010. I'm like, hmm, maybe the kids would like to see this. Maybe they'll think it's cool. So I have an 11 year old, 10 year old, and um, well, he's turning 10. And then the last one's six, turning seven. So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna throw this jacket on and walk downstairs, see what they think. <laughs> like, what are you doing, dad? You're a loser. <laughs> like they basically gave the guys, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I guess that plan didn't work. So I put it back <laughs> into the closet, tucked it away. Maybe when they're, uh, they're a bit older, they could appreciate it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's, and that's the coolest thing to say, even like from a kid point of view that your dad has been to the Olympics like that, that speaks volumes. And you know, how does that impact your kids with the way um, your work schedules are? Um, uh, the, the impact of that I wanted it to portray to my kids is that you can do anything you can, anything you want to do. It's, it's, it's attainable. You just got to work mm-hmm. hard and, uh, and believe that you can do it. That's it. It's pretty simple. And just, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's true. And I, and I agree with you about the closet thing because I have so many issues and I, I've had conversations with other like Jason White, for example, who is also a massage therapist. he, was joking about when he went to the Olympics and how many games that we all do as therapists, that half of our closet is literally like either Team Canada swag or like an event specifically that we did. It's, it's... Absolutely. It brings back memories. It's good though to, to throw it on. I remember how I had all my Hockey Canada gear packed away when I was working with the Flames. And then you come back and you're like, whoa, I have this, this t-shirt. I'm like, put it on. I'm like, yeah, it brings you back to the, the good old days, right? Yep. Oh, exactly. And, you know, for people obviously who don't know, like when we worked together, my first year, you ended up going to the NHL and working as their, their massage therapist for the Calgary Flames. So, you know, what was that journey like from the beginning to say the end year that you, you finished on? It was great. I was uh, very uh, nervous. I was, I was probably one of, we have an old school Italian family and uh, I was probably the only guy that's ever moved away from our family. So born and raised here in Oakville, nobody's moved outside of here. Um, so I ended up going to Calgary and uh, yeah, you miss your family a bit, but uh, it was a new adventure. It was fun. Uh, you get to meet new people and start new routes. Um, yeah, so I met the, the therapist there. They were more than welcoming and uh, it was a lot of hard work, a lot of long hours. You adjust to the hours. I, being here in a clinic setting, I, I saw a lot more people. But being over there, you, you put in a lot more hours. You see less people, but you put in a lot more hours helping out. You're, it's a team atmosphere. So you're helping equipment guys. You're helping video guys. You're, you're doing what you can to, to progress. But uh, it, it, was, um, it was a very tight-knit family. And right from the beginning, they had a picnic and all the wives, all the families. Mm. So it wasn't just me being on a team. It was my wife, being, my wife and children being part of the team. So Sonny was good friends with... Uh, the players' wives or some of the some of the staff members' wives, and and that's who they hung out with. Do you know what I mean? And they're all in the same situation where uh, mm-hmm. husbands and wives travel for for work, and when we were gone, the wives would get together and the children would get together, and it was a family atmosphere. It was it was very cool. That's awesome. Well, that's honestly that's the most important thing when you're thinking about transitioning. You know, going from Oakville to Calgary, like one time zones, <laughs> two, you know, yeah. that that leap of faith to hope that you do like it and you're happy there and your family's able to kind of work around that move as well. But, you know, how was it balancing um, 
you know, home life with the amount of travel that you do with the team? Like, how did you overcome that kind of tough battle? Um, yeah, that was probably the toughest battle. It was, uh, it was very hard to sacrifice for the kids, but you know that the long-term goal is definitely worth it. To, to tell your kids that you worked for an NHL team uh, was well worth the sacrifice of being away from them. Do you, you, you know what I mean? So I would, uh, there were some days you come back at 3 a.m. and uh, uh, my kids have hockey practice at 7 a.m. And uh, my wife's like, don't worry, I'll take them to hockey practice. But I felt like I missed a lot and I would get up, boom, go out to hockey practice and have a coffee and just watch, watch my kids play hockey. So um, it was tough, but it was well worth it. That's, that's the way I put it. So why did you choose hockey overall? What was, what was the reason that hockey was one of the things that you focused on the most? I, I don't know. I was, I was more drawn it wasn't me actually drawn to it it, it was they they seek me out I, I grew up on a soccer player oh right that's uh, true I forgot about the soccer the age, from the age of four till now I still play soccer and some of the boys and even the girls are like what the hell are you doing in hockey you don't know any you don't know the thing about a thing about hockey <laughs> I watched hockey growing up and uh, I dealt with players and I some of my friends are players so um yeah it was more that was the opportunity I took it and I I learned from it, right? Yeah, that's awesome. I didn't know what it felt like to be a player, but uh, at 37 years old with the Flames, I ended up starting a, a staff hockey. Ooh. So they put me up in gear and put me on the ice, and I was kind of the dummy out there. They're bumping me here and there, <laughs> but I learned to play hockey. So You're like 40 a target. Months, I, 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 th- I feel like I can hold my own. I love it. Oh. Yeah, so... So I, I learned the sport and now I appreciate it. And it's, uh, it's a great sport to be in. And uh, uh, you always see one end, but now I can actually feel what they, what they felt, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously not to their level. I'm pretty close, but. <laughs> well, it's pretty interesting when they have the injuries that they have because you understand that athletes are not just athletes. Like that is what they eat, sleep and breathe, right? That's their lifestyle. It's, it's not as like, as you've now seen, it's not as easy as most people view it as, and it's luxurious with the financial, you know, agreements that they have to play hockey, but it also takes such a toll on their body. So, you know, with the injuries and stuff that you've seen, what were the most common ones for hockey, for example? Oh, you've got a lot of hip issues. It's, it's all hip issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah hip flexors glutes low back those are the most common it's like a repeat literally <laughs> oh, yeah. and then it's leg flushes right to recover when it's back-to-back games and they just want to flush out their legs so yeah no yeah. It's, it's true but you you do get your your cool injuries here and there and it's like oh this guy just sliced his quad and it's like you get the orthopedic guy come in and sewing him up it's pretty fun yeah. yeah, it's it's cool to think so quick on your feet sometimes too, right? Like it's, you know, you have either 50 minutes or half an hour or maybe not even either of those times and you have to be the most effective you can for the team. So, you know, how are you managing that in regards to your time frame of what you have with athletes? Like how do you manage how much time each person would have? Um, like now or when it was with the team? With the team, like how did you schedule it? Like, was there a fixed schedule with the other practitioners who were in the NHL kind of um, league? Uh, no, so they, they would just come in as an as needed basis, right? So um, Dom, you free, they jump on the table. So any free time you have to be available for them. So um, 
yeah so in, in the room and there's a, a pecking order where it's veterans before rookies so yeah uh, yeah so you, they, yeah if you're free then they they just jump on the table it's, there's no time slot and if it's if you gotta if you're packed up and you just gotta let the guys know that and go from there so there's no like oh the 30-minute appointments no they jump on the table when you're done fixing this guy okay it's the next person up mm. Yeah. And I think, I think that's so good to know because so many people are so like massage therapists who are fresh out of school always think it's like 30 minutes or there's 45 minutes or there's 60 minutes. It is so different <laughs> when you work with sports because it literally depends on how much time that athlete actually has for you yeah, to it, achieve those outcomes. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a fast paced life they live and uh, they're out doing commercials or they've got appointments with this person. So you, you've got to make it work. And you, and open lines of communication, how much time do we have? All right, then let's hit these areas. And then if we have time, we'll hit those other areas that will uh, will help. So from the nutrition side of me, I'm curious to see, like, from your point of view, what was it like food-wise? Like, if you guys did have, like, an overnight stay, which I know is quite rare, but if you were to have one, what were the meals like for NHL players? Are they all specific to players, or do you just have, like, a a buffet of healthy options. How's it, how's it work for you guys? Well, they call it, the NHL is called the Never Hungry League because there's <laughs> always food options. There's always something out. They have snacks all the time. So, uh, yeah, you get up in the morning and there's breakfast served, which omelets, omelet station was there. Uh, you could have eggs, toast, all healthy options um, of what you want. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, lunch, uh, pregame meal was uh, a lot of pasta, salad, and yeah, it was, and then uh, and then post game, yeah. So after a game, they would have a little spread. If you didn't want to eat that, you'd jump on a plane, and there was another catered meal on on the plane. So there, there were options, options, options. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, That's so crazy. It's all, all healthy stuff. So we had a strength and conditioning coach who worked with our serve our team team services guy, and they did a great job of. Oh, uh, having healthy options you obviously you're gonna have your uh pizza here and there yeah. <laughs> but you can't deprive anybody of that so it's yeah overall it's it's a it's a pretty cool regimen absolutely and i i have to agree with you you can't deprive yourself from the sweets or the salts every once in a while it's it's not a bad thing i think people are so fixed on you know um avoiding those things but you have to incorporate those naturally into your diet because at some point you're going to crack on a friday night you want a pizza you want a burger just eat it you know what i mean it's completely natural yeah. i love it i remember i remember my first year with the flames and you see all this good food as a staff member you're like holy crap you want to eat it all <laughs> and I, I remember my buddy going buddy you keep this up you're gonna be like 400 pounds <laughs> <laughs> so you have to go in with a mindset okay Taste yourself and just eat what you what you can and uh yeah no it's it's not easy like when I did the team Canada thing in Calgary like it was a, it was two yeah. weeks but it was like every like the first three days I was like oh my god like I want everything and anything but you have to remember a you're not an athlete so you're not burning it off like they are and then the other thing Huge. is is it's the same spread every day so you don't have to like overindulge every single time so oh my god Really yeah, you. it's a challenge for staff members, that's for sure. Yes. Oh, absolutely. It's uh it's a tough one. It's it's always a tough one because you get the dessert table every once in a while and you're like, oh, do I really want this? But you do. <laughs> you take it. Yeah. Yeah. 
got to find time somewhere in the busy schedule and, uh, and work out. Yeah. Did you have a lot of me time or like family time that you can recall from that journey? Well, I remember making a change. So going into the flames and I had worked with hockey can in the past and I worked endless hours at the clinic and I had three young children at home and I found it really tough and no excuses, but I did find it tough to work out and uh, going to the flames I had, uh, I had the guys to inspire me. Like you see these, all these elite athletes and you have world-class facility. Why can't you make a change? You're just making excuses. So I, I made a huge change. Anytime I could, I would work out. So I teamed up with my buddy who's a strength conditioning coach and he came up with a regimen. I would work out with him and teach me proper techniques and, and uh, how to do things around the gym. But uh, I was probably in the, some of the best shape of my life when I worked with, with the Flames. Yeah. So, I found the time and made the time and uh, yeah. It is inspiring. I have to say like their workouts are insane, but for you to just be able to take a half an hour or, you know, 45 or an hour, whatever it is that you can take to have me time to still be able to function properly. And because it's, so, it's what's I find hard is that when you have a therapist who can't relate to the client in regards to not just injuries, but, um, weight loss or strengthening or weaknesses. I think that's a huge pro when you have those experiences, because then you can actually apply them to the people and say, Hey, I've been there. Like I know how to relate to you and whatever. So, you know, now coming back to the clinic setting, what has it been like with the transition? Because I know like for me, like if I go and work with a team and do like 50 minute quick treatments and then go into a clinic and you have to like, last the whole half an hour <laughs> is it was it a really hard transition because i know the struggle so um it, it wasn't a, the transition no because I, I was so eager and excited to be back and everybody wants to hear your story and you you tell them how it was because i was gone for four years and you tell them what it was all about and the time just flies i've been doing this it's, it's automatic now right so you've been doing it i've been doing this for 16 years 15 years now and it just comes automatically and you just jump right back into it and you're treating 10 10 to 12 clients a day and it's just like like nothing because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, this is fun yeah it's it's different everybody's coming in with a different issue and, and different from uh, athletes this is a different demographic right so you got your elder you got your young athletes you got um uh, the office guy um it's fun it's a new challenge yes that that is a good part about massages that every client is so different in so many different ways like they could have the same injury but have high blood pressure low blood pressure and you have to adjust the treatment or whatever it is so it, it is it's awesome. i almost feel like sometimes that 30 minutes like you almost have it memorized like you know when it's been 15 minutes or you know when it's been 20 minutes and it's just it's true so true you look at the clock you're like bang boom turn over let's work (laughs) on your neck now right it's it's yeah 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 it's true and clients always know like i have i have conversations with them all the time they're like oh it must be 30 minutes we're flipping over so you know you get into these routines and i've I've had a few clients tell me that uh, i have the same finishing technique where you, you do uh you rub the shoulder a little bit and then you give them a little tap. Okay. We're all set. You know, (laughs) it's the same thing all the time. Yeah. It's true. So with like with habits, for example, as a massage therapist, do you find that you you're kind of doing the same techniques? Like, have you ever had a point where you're like, okay, I got to change it up a little bit. Like I'm getting too comfortable. Like, have you ever had that moment? Oh yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, you do. Um, I, I don't, I don't like the admin part of it. I, I just like treating people. I like talking to people. Everybody's got a story to tell. I'm not a big note taker, but uh, you, you gotta be in this profession. You have to be, you have to, you have to report and you have to do well. Um, uh, as for the technique part, yeah, you, you get into your ruts and you do the same thing. Sometimes things don't work and that's why it's always good to, to work with people. So um, Justin is a, a year outside, out of school, but he's very thorough and he's mm -hmm. out of the books and we can learn off each other. So he treats me, I will treat him. Um, we have Christian, our young physiotherapist. I'm always picking his brain. Oh, how do you do this? What's your approach on this? So we, we really work together and uh, I love it. So uh, even for Christian, so I'll refer somebody to Christian and it's somebody that, I, that we're working together in and I'll, I'll sit in on his session and he's like, okay, so have you tried this? And I'm like, yeah. And uh, yeah, so it, it's, it's great. So that keeps you sharp, keeps you on your toes. You got these young guys coming in, right? And it's, you can learn so much off everybody. Yeah. And honestly, that's my favorite part of having like a team environment, because I think it's, everyone does have a, a certain aspect that can be so beneficial to your practice as well as the reverse where you're benefiting theirs because of your experience. So, you know, with Justin, he, oh, he's so great. And he, you know, is a, is, is a great sponge. So yeah. being able to work back and forth, I'm sure is super, super beneficial. And you know, with that, have you taken any courses additional to keep your like smarts up, quote unquote, <laughs> of techniques or new modalities, anything like that? Uh, not as of late. So my last course was the acupuncture course. Um, I've taken my first responder course and stuff like that. But no, I haven't. As, it was a big adjustment coming back from Calgary. We had a lot going on. And um, yeah, we're setting up a, a, a new clinic now. So it's, uh, it's tough, but I definitely have to find the time to do it. So I find that the, the most knowledge you're going to get is off other people, is off mm -hmm. other practitioners and talking to people. So um, talking to other massage therapists and, and gaining knowledge that way. That's, that's my route right now. Um, I will definitely take other courses, but um, it's, it'll be soon. Yeah. And honestly, that's why I'm like, this whole COVID thing is so hard because I miss the conferences so much because conferences are able to build new connections, you know, be that sponge and in, in different programs and, you know, having that connection with people, I think is so important. And with the acupuncture, for example, which is in addition to your education, what has that been like for your treatments? Like, do you find that it benefits it long-term or like, how do people adjust with acupuncture and massage? Um, it's, it's great. Uh, it's not always the same thing. We're always trying different things. And I, I think they, the, a lot of my clients are open to it. And a lot of clients just, they don't believe in it or they don't, they don't want to try it. So, and that's fine. Um, but yeah, it, it, I think it really works well. We do our soft tissue and then we do some acupuncture at the end. So it, uh, it really, uh, it really complements what I do. So how do you integrate it through the treatment? So do you do like 50 minutes of like acupuncture, then you work different areas or how do you go about it for the therapy wise? Uh, different clients, right? So if it's a low back client, I'll throw needles in the low back at the end. So I'll do all my soft tissue stuff. I'll do my mobility stuff and then I'll throw some needles in and they 10 to 15 minutes of needles at, at the end. Whereas uh, you have somebody with low back and upper back. So I will do the low back first throw a few needles in there and then work the upper back. Okay. 
And then what do you find for people who don't know much about acupuncture? What are the benefits of acupuncture, for example, in a low back? What can it do for it? Um, it just bring, brings fresh blood into the area and uh, it circulates blood, right? And there's, there's traditional Chinese medicine versus uh, uh, Western, Western medicine, right? So uh, traditional Chinese medicine is more about the qi and the flow and removing blockages, whereas Western medicine is bringing blood to the area and flushing out the area, mm -hmm. bringing in blood and bringing out bad blood. And that's, and that's good to know because everyone needs different things in the body. So that's super important to know the difference between the two. Absolutely. Yeah. How long was your program? Um, I can't remember. It was maybe seven years ago now. So it's, I think maybe four or five full weekends. Okay. So, yeah. And what was it like? Was it pretty aggressive in regards to like studying and stuff like that? Or was it pretty it was, easy? It was extremely aggressive. Uh, it was uh, very draining mentally because I wasn't used to school again and studying. And uh, <laughs> I, had, I had three young children at the time. I, I, I think Theo was just born. So I had, uh, yeah, it was, it was probably one of the toughest things I had to do because you had to balance clinic life, work, uh, family life. And the whole education thing. So I'm like, sorry, I, I have to study today. I, I, I really have to take just one hour and pretend I'm not home. I have to study today. So yeah. Yeah. Which is not easy to do because you just get into a routine where you're like, oh, I want to hang out with family today. I want to go play soccer with my kids. It's hard to, to break everything down. 100%. That was, uh, it was, it was definitely the toughest thing I've, I've had to do was uh, to balance all that. Yeah. Yeah, I, hence, hence the reason the, the, the another course or uh, traveling to another course. So this course is going to be in BC. Um, uh, I've done that. I've traveled for the past 15 years and it's, I don't think it's, it, it's, it's tough to get away mm -hmm. at this point in my life. Mm -hmm. But uh, there's tons of courses I realize you can take online and yeah. So yeah. Oh, well, and that, honestly, online stuff is saving a lot of people right now <laughs> because you know a sure. different like especially um with my personal training we have to do cecs so if we don't have any actual like programs other than virtual ones then we can't complete those so it's it's such a it's a tough it's a tough time <laughs> it's, it's, Lindsay, just it's hard tougher. as we get older it just gets tougher but uh, i know if it's something that you want again you, you just gotta find the time and you gotta do it yeah yeah you gotta stay committed that's for sure yeah. But something else that um, you do is um, or like orthotics. So tell me about that kind of like addition to your therapy. Like, how do you find that helps people? Well, I technically don't do, I, I don't do many orthotics anymore. And that's more okay. physiotherapists and the chiropractors that do that stuff now. Um, I help well with, um, I used to help out uh, podiatrists back in the day and they taught me how to cast and how to manipulate orthotics. So um, I will refer out now to chiropodists and chiropractors and physios where uh, what I can see. So I'll do a gait analysis with, with kinesiologists as being a former kinesiologist, I could do gait analysis and uh, seeing what they need. Uh, a valgus okay. or varus post or a lift or whatever, something that could help them, you know? And that's a great way to do it because, you know, you are blending all your practitioners or your practices together, which is super beneficial. For sure. For sure. Absolutely. So, you know, fast forward now to leaving Calgary Flames. Now you're in your clinic. So now that you opened another clinic, what has it been like having two? Like, first off, congrats. I'm so proud of you. But <laughs> what has it been like to have two? 
So we, we technically aren't open yet, the second one, but uh, coming back from Calgary, um, I had dreams and uh, what I wanted to do. Uh, I definitely didn't want to take a step backwards because uh, being with the Flames was a high achievement and I didn't want to come back and regress. I, uh, I wanted to keep that momentum going and mm -hmm. take that next step. So I had been here at River Oaks Community Center in Oakville for 10 years and I wanted to take it to that, to that next step. So I actually expanded here in River Oaks. I found another room and we have our physiotherapist working out of there. And then uh, Glen Abbey came available too. So I, uh, I took over that space and now we are in the midst of getting drawings together and a design together. Wow. So, Yay. so that's where we're at right now. And we're trying to juggle everything and uh, trying to make something. That's amazing. So oh, so we're, we're almost there. So yeah. So the drawings are being made and the next step is permits and uh, yeah. And then construction. Oh God. So, so trying to, yeah, trying to balance the, cl the clinic life, family life and now construction. So oh, um, it's exciting. I can't lie to you. It's something uh, you wake up every morning and you're, you're ready to go and you're, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. But I love your momentum though, because that's amazing. Once you find like what your like mission is for your, your career, I think that's so awesome. And you're bringing so many people along the way on your journey, which is even better. Yep. What is it like to be in a, in a rec center? Like what is the environment like for you in regards to the actual clinic? Well, it, it's great. It's, it's people, people come into the rec center to, to be better and to get active. And so it, it's a great environment, it's great energy, and uh, you just want to compliment it, right? So you want to compliment the whole fitness center and the, um, the, the pool, right? And uh, the hockey arena, you just want to help people get better. And that's, that's what ultimately they're coming in for. So it's, it's a great compliment to that. Yeah. And that's awesome because it is a good combo. We, we always got walk-ins. Like people always just came in being like, you know, I just strained my back at the gym. Help me. Like it's, it's a, perfect, Oh yeah. And then, you, you know? then you get your senior citizen uh, pickleballers now. It's like, Whoa, there are, there are like active older people and it's, it's a whole other community. It's, it's great. Yeah. And it's, it's just great meeting these, these people. Yeah. It's so exciting. I, I think that's the best part is that you will literally get a new person all the time and they will challenge you hundred percent. Like, have you ever had a client that has been like a tough one? Like you can't figure out what's wrong or like they're just a tough cookie in general. Have you, when, what's like an example of one of those for you? Uh, well, you have a lingering low back issue. So um, yeah, all you do is you, um, you try your best and, uh, take different approaches and don't be narrow-minded. So you got to open up to the other people. Like I have a great network of chiropractors, physios and other things. So they can give you exercises and, um, well, you should try this. Maybe it's coming from there. So you try different things. The key thing is, is you can't be narrow-minded and think that, you know, it all you, we just, it's impossible to know it all. So you really got to lean on other people and um, we're all out there to help each other. All therapists, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. There's a time and a place for everyone. And I truly believe that we're all a circle of, of just helping each other. Yeah. Our ultimate goal is to, to make people better. Honestly. And I think that's the hardest part is when people think that they can just fix the person themselves. I think it's a misunderstanding that 
there's not just for massage therapists, for example, it's not sometimes just a muscular thing. There's so many other things that contribute to injuries or lingering injuries that need to be fixed internally as well. Right. So we got to work together. Absolutely. So speaking of that, what's, what's next for you? Like other than opening up the next, you know, clinic, which is amazing. What's, what's your next vision or for, you know, being an entrepreneur? Uh, I've got to take it one step at a time. My wife is keeping me in check here. She's like, you can't, you can't, you can't just do everything. And it's like, all right, all right. Cause we're getting this clinic started and we're like, okay, maybe, maybe start another clinic or expand here. And she's like, whoa, slow down. So it's a, it's a great to have a, a good partner like that where uh, she can keep you in check. Um, I have a, a mind that doesn't stop and uh, I'm always trying to, improve myself and try to get better. I, I never want to be comfortable in life. Um, so I always want to take that next step to be better. So there's, there's always something going on. So we're going to focus in on Glen Abbey and building a good practice there, hiring good people. And um, yeah. And uh, yeah, trying to make, uh, expand our network of people. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited to see it. I will definitely be coming by yeah. to check it out. Absolutely. Yeah. But for the people who are listening, who are entrepreneurs and who are looking to grow their practice, do you have any suggestions from your journey thus far that can further them in their careers? Like other than building connections and networks, what other tips and tricks do you think will help them get through? Don't be scared. Yeah. What's, there's, there's nothing wrong with failing. There's nothing wrong with making a mistake. What's wrong with that is not learning from your mistakes and your failures. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's the biggest thing is you, you got so many people that are afraid to make that next step. And what if, what if this happens? Yeah. What if, yeah. who cares? Then you, then you deal with it. You learn to cope and you, you go on, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's just, it's just uh, a hurdle or an obstacle that you, you have to deal with. I, I wish I could tell you how many, how many obstacles I had in life, but you overcome it. You know, you, you can't play the victim. You just got to go on. Yep. And move forward yeah that's that's the key thing and, and the other thing is just just be a good person just be who you are be transparent uh people people like a genuinely nice person you, you don't have to be fake you don't have to do anything yeah. just be who you are yeah it's a simple way to live but you'll also succeed with being yourself i think that's the the biggest thing within our industry is that when you become someone that you're not it's it's it doesn't flow well with your practice. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't look good, you know? For sure. It's, it's, and it's, it's hard because you have to use so much energy to be fake. Mm-hmm. It's just not worth it. Ultimately, it's just not worth it. We, we, we want to use our energy to make people better, not energy to trick somebody, you know? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I really appreciate this conversation that we've had because I think honestly, a lot of people will grow from this. Your journey is is past incredible you've had such an incredible time and and i've really honestly appreciated all the years that we worked together because it was super fun and you know you taught me a lot more than you probably think you did (laughs) and i will always be grateful for that and um you know guys if you do want to follow um dominic and his amazing business thus far his instagram is path to wellness oakville And then I will also add in all of his contact information if you guys have any questions or 
are interested in working possibly for Dominic in the future. We're, we're open to anything for sure. <laughs> that may be an opportunity. <laughs> thank you, Lindsay. I appreciate everything you've done for me too. Yes, I love it. Well, thank you honestly so much for coming on, Dom. I appreciate it. And thank you guys for tuning in to the latest episode of Lattes with Lindsay. It has been so much fun recording this with my friends. It has been tons of laughs and lots of education for you guys. If you are looking to follow us on social media platforms, it is needing.balance on Instagram. And feel free to contact us if you have any insight on how you feel about the podcast or if you like it or if you'd like to hear more about certain topics, please feel free to contact me directly and I cannot wait to integrate it into the next podcast for you. Until next time. (music) 